We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. Say this out loud, bold and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Recently, we started uh, studying the word of God on our spiritual authority. The believer, the authority of the believer, the spiritual authority of the believer. Uh, this is our third Sunday on the subject. And we're just going to review some things and then take it forward here as we continue our study on the authority of the believer, the spiritual authority. You know, just to review some things that we've been talking about last Sunday, we talked about why should we as believers learn about our spiritual authority? Why should we talk about this? Why should we learn about this as believers? Just to quickly review, we need to learn about it, number one, because for, our, for us to live victorious lives, in our, in our own lives, there is an enemy who attacks us, who tries to oppose us and does all kinds of things, tempts us and tries to hinder us in many ways. So for us to live victorious, we need to know about our authority and know how to exercise it. Secondly, we said we need to know how to overcome and dominate demonic disturbances in our lives. Things that the enemy would want to bring to disrupt our world and our life. We need to know how to dominate it and overcome it. And so we need to learn about our authority. We also must learn about our spiritual authority so we can serve others with it. There are so many people around us who are being troubled by demons and demonic spirits and, 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 and all kinds of things that they're going through. And if we know how to exercise our authority, how to walk in it, then we could go and help them. We can be a blessing to them. And number four, the last reason we said we must learn about our authority is so that we fulfill our assignment. Our assignment is not to go to heaven. Our assignment is to bring heaven on earth. Amen? Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our assignment. Once you're done with your assignment, then you go and retire there in heaven. It's okay. But first, fulfill your assignment, which is to bring heaven on earth. What is his will must be done here on earth. So that's our assignment. And in order to do that, we must know our spiritual authority. We must walk in our spiritual authority in order to make that happen here on earth. Amen? Now this morning... I want to take this a little further and talk about the basis for our spiritual authority. What is the basis for our authority? And I mean, why can we human beings have authority on the earth? Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. I want to make a few comments. Sometimes, you know, I wish I can preach next Sunday's message today. But I have to leave that for next Sunday. But I'll just give you a little preview on that. Now, if you go to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, Paul teaches us in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12 he says finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might so he's saying brethren you need to be strong in the Lord and in the power that comes from him see as believers we have the responsibility to be strong in the Lord you be strong you strengthen yourself in God be strong in the Lord And in the power that comes from him, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the full armor so that you can stand against all the evil things of the devil that he does. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul is saying, listen, our battle is not against flesh and blood. 
we are fighting demonic powers against principalities and rulers of darkness and, and spirits of wickedness that are roaming this world. Now, we must understand that there are two worlds. There is the natural world and there is the spiritual world. There is the unseen realm. In the unseen realm, we have the kingdom of light, God Almighty, with all of his angelic beings. But there's also the kingdom of darkness, a lesser kingdom, headed by a fallen archangel, Lucifer, or we call him Satan, and with his hosts of demons and evil spirits. Now, the reality is that this unseen realm affects and influences our natural world in ways that we probably do not understand fully. And it's real. Just because you don't talk about the devil doesn't make it go away. Still there. Just because you don't acknowledge that the devil and his demons are doing things doesn't make them inactive. They're still doing stuff. So better wake up. Amen? And understand the schemes of the enemy. Don't be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. The spirit world, the unseen world, both the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness influence the natural worlds. They influence individuals. Individuals are affected by the spirit worlds. You and I as individuals are affected by the spirit worlds. Either the Holy Spirit empowers us and the Lord Jesus empowers us with his grace and working and we live victorious lives. Or it's possible that for some of us, we open up doors to the working of devils and, and, and we find struggle and we face struggles in different areas of our lives. Everyone. Individuals are affected by the working of the spirit world. Circumstances and situations in this world are affected and influenced by demonic powers. Not everything that's happening in this world is because of God. There are things that happen because the devil and his demons are doing those stuff. Situations and circumstances. World systems are being influenced by the kingdom of light, but they're also being influenced by the kingdom of darkness. World systems. So what do you mean by world systems? We mean the education system, the political system, the economic system, the arts and entertainment and media. And all of this is being influenced by the spirit worlds. Amen? Did you know to begin with atheism was not in the curriculum? But suddenly it came. How did it come? Don't forget there's an unseen world that wants to influence the systems of this world and carry out their agenda. Amen? So systems in this world are also being influenced. Political systems. Think about this in the Bible and we'll, we'll talk about this more in detail next Sunday when we talk about what we have authority over. That's why I'm more excited about next Sunday sermon. This Sunday sermon is also good. Trust me. <laughs> but next Sunday, just little taste of it. Political systems are influenced by the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Think about it, you know. There was Pharaoh in Egypt. He comes on the scene and, and he decides all the young children of the Hebrews have to be killed. One man, one decision through the government, kill all the children. What was he up to? Trying to kill Moses, the deliverer. Through a political system. Think about the time of Jesus. Herod says, I'm going to kill all the children. Like, which king wants to kill kids? I mean, why are you afraid of a kid? No, I've got to kill all the children two years and below. The government order. Political system. Why? I want to kill Jesus. But even God works through political systems. He raised up a king called Cyrus. A Persian king. He knows nothing. He knows zero about the God of Hebrews. But he says, I want to pass an order. All the Jewish people, please go back to your land. God says, I have raised up Cyrus. He's my anointed. See, God also works through the political system. Amen. So the systems of this world are being influenced either by the, by the spiritual, by the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. And imagine every day you and I are walking into the systems and coming out. Every day we're going in, out, in, out, in, out. Whatever area of the world you might be. You might be part of the religious system. You might be part of the families. Whatever. 
You're going into the systems of the world coming out and those systems are being influenced by the spirit world. So you better know what you're supposed to be doing in those systems. Amen. Cultural forms are also influenced by the spirit world. Cultural forms of art, dance, music, festivals. All these things are also influenced by God or by the devil. God in the Bible instituted so many festivals. I mean, why does God want to institute festivals? It's affecting culture. Amen. But there are also festival forms that are actually glorifying the devil and inviting demonic spirits into our society and our culture. Cultural forms are being influenced by the spirit world. Regions and territories, geographical areas are also influenced by the spirit world. You read about it in the Bible. In Daniel 10, you read about the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece. These are demonic spirits assigned and overseeing specific areas. But you also read about the prince of Israel, the Michael, the archangel. So there are angels, demonic powers and angels assigned to geographical areas doing their thing. So I don't believe all this. It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect it. They'll still continue their work. Amen? Now, organizations, institutions, activities, objects, homes, buildings are also influenced by demonic powers or by the spirit world. Entire organizations can be dedicated either to glorify God or glorify the devil. To promote the doctrine of God or to promote the doctrine of demons. And to the extent that they are dedicated to that extent, they are empowered. Amen. Objects can also be dedicated either to God or to the devil. The Bible talks about in Acts chapter 19 that Paul used to take white handkerchiefs. The white is not there, but he used to take handkerchiefs, pray over them. And these handkerchiefs would be taken to those who are sick and demon possessed and the sick were healed and devils were cast out. What's handkerchief? It's just an object. But once it was prayed and dedicated to God, it became a channel for the release of the power of God. Amen. But objects can also be empowered demonically. There was this young man traveling. He was coming back from home and on the train somebody gave him a black cloth. And he was sweating and stuffy, whatever. He took the cloth and just wiped his face. That instant he was possessed. There's another girl out of our Nepali community. She fell in love with this guy in Chennai. So she moved to Chennai. Maybe he didn't love her. I don't know what happened, but he gave her a little bag of rose petals, dry petals. She took it home, opened it, touched it. That instant, she became possessed. They brought her back here, called us to pray, minister to her. Objects can be dedicated. And this is real stuff. Another girl, she just went home. Uh, so again, Northeast came back, came back totally possessed. So what happened? When she had gone home, she took part in some of these whatever activities they do there, came back troubled. So these are realities that are happening all around us. What empowers the spirit world to influence the natural worlds? What empowers it? Human decisions, us human beings. We empower through our, what we do to, we empower the spirit world to come into our natural worlds. There are some things that are very important in this whole connection between the spirit world and the natural world. Here are some things, and we'll talk more about this next Sunday, but here are some things. Dedications. When you dedicate yourself, whom you dedicate yourself is very important. When you dedicate yourself to the Lord, you're opening up yourself for the Lord to work in you. When you dedicate yourself to consciously or unconsciously to evil things, you're opening up the door to evil things to work through you. Sometimes you make the dedication. Sometimes dedications are made by those in authority over you. Today, Sendhil and Sandhya decided to dedicate their children to the Lord. As parents, they have authority. So those children are dedicated to the Lord. But it's also possible that sometimes parents or grandparents or ancestors dedicate their immediate children or the descendants to the wrong things and then they suffer. 
because a dedication was made some point in the lineage. There are two important ways that you make dedications. Very one most important is the words of your mouth. That's why your words are very important. They affect you. They affect your connection to the world of the realm of the unseen. Bible says, if you believe in the heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be. See, very simple. What you believe and what you say opens the realm of the spirit into your life. The saving work of Jesus comes into your life simply because of what you believe and what you say. Amen. So when you start saying the wrong things, you're actually opening up your life to the wrong influence, the wrong influence from the realm of the spirit. A second important way of dedication is through your actions, through what you do. You dedicate yourself. You're saying this area of my life is being dedicated to such and such. So when you worship, when you do these things, you're actually dedicating yourself to God. But when you indulge in pornography, you're actually dedicating that area of your life to unclean spirits, to demons of lust. So now you understand why even born again, tongue talking, Bible believing believers are being oppressed by the devil. It's because of their behavior, because of their actions. Through their actions, they're dedicating certain areas of their life to unclean spirits. It's serious. Amen. A second important way of connecting for the spirit realm to connect with the natural realm is through sacrifice. Sacrifice is a big thing. That's why you find it throughout the Bible. Right from the Garden of Eden, right through. Jesus is called the Lamb of God. Sacrifice is very important. We sacrifice by giving things to either the Lord or to the devil. So that's why your money is important. When you're giving money, it's not like, okay, let me put some money, help pastor run the church. That's not it, please. You are sacrificing to God. You are declaring, you're saying, God, I'm opening up my world to your world. Come work in me. So every time you're putting money in the offering, you're making a sacrifice. You're worshipping God. You're opening your world to the world of God Almighty. And God taught his people in the Old Testament, bring the first fruits, bring your fruits, bring your labor as a sacrifice. Not because they were going to package it and FedEx it to heaven. No. When they offered it, it was saying, God, come work in my world. Amen. But that's exactly the opposite that you can, people can do to sacrifice unto demons. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, Know ye not that the things that the Gentiles offer, they actually offer it to demons? There are different levels of sacrifice. You can sacrifice things, but a blood sacrifice is very powerful. That's why animal sacrifice, either unto God or unto the devil, is powerful. The greatest form of sacrifice that opens up that really empowers the realm of the spirit is the offering of human life. Human sacrifice. And even those who worship Satan do that. The highest form of human sacrifice is to sacrifice your firstborn. To sacrifice an heir to the throne. That's the highest form of human sacrifice. That's why the king of Moab in 2 Kings chapter 3, he killed his own firstborn son unto his gods. And I want you to know that the God of glory sacrificed his firstborn son. And that's the highest sacrifice that could ever take place. His firstborn son, his own son, offered him as a sacrifice. That is the greatest sacrifice that the universe has ever known. And that's the power of the communion. Every time you eat this blood and drink this cup, you are saying, I believe in this sacrifice of the first begotten only son of God. He gave his life for me. That's why Jesus said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death. It's opening up your life to the working of almighty God in you. Amen. So sacrifice is important. Now God is not calling us to make any more blood sacrifices. The highest sacrifice has already been paid. All he says is I want you to believe in this. The sacrifice of my son. Amen. There are other ways that we open up the spirit world to our natural world. is through rituals. In church we call it sacraments. We have two sacraments. The Lord's table and water baptism. The unsaved world has all kinds of rituals. But these rituals are powerful. 
people that do incantations, they break coconut, cut bananas, all kinds of things, rituals. But you know what? We think it's ordinary, but something is happening. It's opening up the spirit world to the natural world. For us, there are two rituals or sacraments. One is water baptism, one is the Lord's table. And both of these are powerful. Amen. Another last, another last way of us opening up the spirit world to the natural world is through disciplines. The disciplines of prayer, of worship, of being in the word, of fasting. These disciplines empower the spirit world to come into our lives, empower us. Amen? The rest of it next Sunday. But today's message is the basis for our spiritual authority. The point I want you to get is that the spirit world affects and influences our natural world more than we want to realize. More than we want to admit. And so we must learn about our spiritual authority. Learn how to walk in it and exercise it at every opportunity that we get. What is the basis for our spiritual authority? I want to just give four important um, truths that the Bible presents to us about our spiritual authority. What is the basis? Number one, redemptive authority. What we call as redemptive authority, meaning our authority as believers because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Why do we have authority? Because Jesus died on the cross. That's redemptive authority because of what he did on the cross. Colossians, we look at a couple of scriptures. There are many verses on this. We just look at some of them. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Verse 15. Having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in the cross. So what does the Bible say Jesus did on the cross? He disarmed principalities and powers. Principalities and powers are talking about these demonic uh, demons in the demonic realm. He disarmed them. He rendered them totally powerless. And he made a public spectacle of them. He put them on display so the whole unseen realm knows that Jesus has triumphed over every work of darkness. And he triumphed over them on the cross. Amen. So Jesus defeated Satan and all of his demons on the cross. Do you believe it? Now two important things. Everything that Satan gained to the tree in Eden. Everything he gained through the tree in Eden. He lost it through the tree on Calvary. Everything. Amen. So some of you can write a book this The story of two trees. (laughs) Amen. Nice title, right? Story of two trees. People read it. What's it about? Everything Satan gained through the tree in the garden of Eden. He lost it all through the tree on Calvary. It's gone. Jesus took it off. The second thing. Everything that Jesus did on the tree at Calvary. He did it for you. He didn't do it for himself. He didn't need it for himself. He was already king of kings, lord of lords. He was already the lord of glory. The only reason he went to that tree was for you and me. Amen? Look at Isaiah, the 53rd chapter. Look at one verse. Isaiah 53, verse 12. Isaiah 53, just an amazing chapter because Isaiah, the prophet, is prophesying About 760 years ahead of time. I mean, that's a long time ahead. It's not like 76 days. It's like 760 years ahead of time. He's prophesying about the cross in great detail. And then he says this for us in Isaiah 53 verse 12. He says, now God the Father is speaking. Therefore, because of what Jesus did on the cross, therefore... I will divide him a portion with the great. I mean, I will give him honor. The Bible says, Wherefore God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every other name. 
Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great. And what will he do? And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. He will divide, he, that's the Messiah, will divide the plunder, the spoil with the strong. Meaning, whatever he has acquired through his achievement on the cross, he's going to take it and distribute it, share it with the strong, meaning you and me. So whatever Jesus did on the cross, he has shared it. He's given it to you and me. He didn't do it for himself. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. He's given it out to you and me. So why do you and I have authority? Because Jesus finished the work on the cross. Amen. So today when you and I face demons and demonic powers and and the things of this earth, things of this world, we walk in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Jesus finished it. The enemy has been rendered powerless. I'm walking in that authority. Amen. The second reason why the basis for our authority is inherited authority. Inherited authority. Meaning our authority as sons and daughters of God. Because you belong to that family. You inherit this. You're part of the family. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 and 17. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Romans 8, 17. We are heirs of God. Because we are children, we are heirs of God. And we are joint heirs with Jesus. So you have authority because you belong to the family of God. You are an heir of God. So in the natural, people recognize that. They recognize your family name. They recognize which family you belong to. And you will go to some people and say, hi, how are you? And you say, my name is, you know, so, so and so. Oh, I know your grandfather. And I know your father. They recognize that family identity that you carry. And therefore they respect you, they, whatever. So also in the spirit. You are an heir of God. Because you're a child of God. You're an heir of God. And you're a joint heir with Jesus. So the devil says, Jesus' brother is coming. Don't trouble him. He'll tell Jesus. Amen. The heirs of God. Joint heirs with Jesus. And this gives you this Inherited authority, part of the family of God. The devil knows you're a child of God. Child of God, please wake up and know who you are. Know your own identity. Amen. The third reason you and I have authority is what we call as positional authority. Our authority because we are in Christ. It's positional. We are in Christ. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God who is rich in mercy. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses or sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has raised us up and he has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where are you seated? You are seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. That is your position as a believer. Amen. So spiritually, that's your position. You are at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. It gives you great positional authority because there's no higher seat than where you're sitting already. You're in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Amen? It's positional. Every devil is underneath your feet. Every principality and power is really underneath your feet. And you are coming. When you issue orders, it's coming from the right hand of God. 
That's the authority that God has vested in you and me. And the last reason why or the basis for authority is delegated authority. Authority that is ours because we are representatives of Christ. Delegated authority. Because Jesus gave it to us. We read about this in Luke chapter 10. When Jesus spoke to his disciples in Luke 10, 17 through 19. And there are several places of course in the New Testament. But Luke 10, 17 through 19. Jesus, Bible says, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19. Jesus says, behold, I give you authority. That's delegated authority. I'm giving this to you. To tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing will by any means hurt you. So delegated authority, the right to represent Jesus using his name. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. So you've been given the authority, delegated as a representative of Jesus to go forth in his name and do what he would do. Amen? So what's the basis for our spiritual authority? Number one, we have authority, spiritual authority, simply because of the cross of Jesus. We call it the redemptive authority. Second, we have inherited authority, authority that comes to us because we are part of the family of God. Third, we have positional authority, authority that is ours because we are in Christ, seated at, his, at the Father's right hand in Christ. Fourth, we have delegated authority, authority that Jesus has given to us to represent him, take his name and do what he would do. Amen. As a believer, you have spiritual authority. The problem is, many of us don't know it. Or we don't know how to use it. We don't know very much but how the spirit world interacts with the natural world. And so we don't know when to use it. But we're going to learn. And we're going to grow up and in our understanding. And grow up in this working of our authority. Amen. Will we face failures? Sure we will. The disciples did. In Matthew 17 they said, Lord, why could we not cast the devil out? We'll talk about this on a later Sunday. How do we handle failures in the exercise of our authority? Why does it happen? And how do we handle it? But just because there are failures does not negate the truth. Amen? Just because every car does not stop at the traffic light doesn't mean the policeman is not empowered to stop the traffic. He is empowered. Amen? So, The reality, I just want you to get it. That you've been given authority by God. Amen. And we must learn to use it. Now, we're going to do it right here this morning. First of all, in our own lives, in our own lives as believers. You know, you can be a believer. And I'm not saying you, this is you, but I'm just saying in general. That a person can be a believer, love the Lord, speak in tongues, go to God, worship and all of that. But yet, because of certain things in certain areas of their life, they can still be oppressed by demonic powers. I'm talking about believers. You love God. You ask them, have you received Jesus? Yes, I received. You love God. You speak in tongues. Yes, yes, yes. But certain areas of life, they're still demonically oppressed. So what do you mean? Well, do you have uncontrollable sins in your life? Got to think about it. Why can't you resist? It's probably because in that area you opened up a door that the enemy has gained a foothold. So it's no longer just you trying to resist a temptation. It's now your will has been weakened in that area by a demonic power. So pastor, please don't tell me all this. Listen, you've got to raise up a bride that's without spot and wrinkle. Amen. That's for whom Jesus is coming. And we better be that church. Sometimes some of our emotional struggles is because we have opened up the door to the enemy. To the words you're speaking, to what you're doing, behavior. You open up doors and now we're struggling emotionally. Maybe depressed, maybe oppressed, maybe troubled. Uncontrollable, our lust, constant evil thoughts. 
So I'm a believer. Yeah, you're a believer. Speaking tongues, they're speaking tongues. But there are areas that are actually infested with demon spirits. Now, there could be other areas in our lives. Sometimes there are areas of business. Sometimes there are areas of other activity that are being troubled by demons. And again, sometimes these things open because doors have been opened. Knowingly or unknowingly. You may have done it or somebody that's connected to your life may have done it. This is the importance of spiritual authority because when the authority opens it, those under the authority are affected. If there were dedications and consecrations made in the ancestral line, sometimes that continues to affect until it's cancelled. That continues to affect down the generations. The Bible tells at least four generations are affected by the commitments made in previous generations. And this is true. But the good news is, we've been given authority to cancel every dedication that have been made. Don't care who made it. Grand uncle, grand aunt, doesn't matter. Known or unknown, today as I stand here, I can cancel all of those things. I've been given authority. You've been given authority. Today in your life, doesn't matter what door you may have opened Knowingly or unknowingly, today you can get those rats out and shut the door. Amen? Now, here's a profound example. You know, where we live, we're close to all these trees and all that. And so monkeys come to our home. They climb, the trees jump, they come. And so a lot of people put up these grills. Now, they forgot the size of the monkey when they made the grill. <laughs> So even after putting the grill, the monkey still comes. Because they can fit through the grill. So recently we had grills put up in our home. And the man came, became a little smarter. He said, I'll give you nine hints, smaller grills. I mean, smaller things. You know? So it's much better. The big monkeys can't come. But you know, the small monkeys, they can still put their head through and try to come. So sometimes in our lives, most of our defenses are up. But those little holes, you know. Small monkeys come. <laughs> I say, Pastor, I'm being troubled. Please pray for me. It's because you let a small hole, small monkey causing trouble. But this morning, doesn't matter whether it's a big monkey or a small monkey, we're going to drive all of them out and shut every door. Amen. We're going to do it. And we've been given the authority to do this. Now, Take this seriously. We're going to do this for ourselves as individuals. But also be very conscious about the systems that you're part of. When you go to your school, your college, your place of work and wherever. Understand, you're not just walking into a nice institution. In the unseen world. God wants to come in through you. But the enemy also wants to come in through his people. Through people who would be open to him. And God is sending you there to every gate of hell to see the church advance. Amen. So when you go into the systems of the world, go to be salt and light. Go to push back the powers of darkness because God has vested that authority in you. Take this out into the world. Now that's the same reason why we do home dedications. Why do you do home dedications? Not because... It's a Christian thing to do. You're supposed to do it. You know, boil the milk, turn it over, overflow. The more milk overflows, the better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand this. You want to boil milk, you boil milk. It's okay. You want to boil ghee, whatever. whatever. But we don't do home dedications just for fun. There is reality in all this. Spiritual reality. Because you don't know which man built the home, what he dedicated to do it. You know, this was in Mumbai. He was this person in church, saved spirit, but still being troubled by demon spirits because the home in which they live, at the time that was being built, the man who built it placed some things in the foundation to dedicate that construction to whatever. So what should I do? Should I dig up the foundation, take it out? Can't do that. 
But there's one thing you can do. You can use your spiritual authority to cancel that dedication. And because you are moving in, you rededicate that building unto God. That's why we do home dedications. Because we don't know when who was building it, what they did in that home. We don't have no idea. If you're moving into an apartment rented place, you're moving in your own, whatever. You don't know who did what before you came. But there's one thing you can do. You can dedicate that place unto God. Cancel every prior dedication. All the inhabiting evil spirits that may have been invited there. But whatever was done there before you say, sorry, time to leave. Your contract lease is over. (laughs) Amen. Your lease is over. A born again child of God is coming to live in this place. And the Holy Ghost is coming with me. That's why we do house dedications. Because we understand the reality of the spirit world. And we know the authority that's given to us. Amen. Now you also have to be careful about these objects people give you. Right? You go to some place. Oh, come, come, come. Take, take, take home. Take, take home. Nice, nice. Oh, it looks nice. It smells nice. And you bring it home. But if that thing was dedicated to the wrong kind of spirits in the unseen world. It's dangerous. God told in Deuteronomy 7, he told his people, don't bring any of those things into your house because you will be cursed with it. So meaning God is afraid? God's not afraid. He's just trying to protect you. Amen? So what should I do? One of two things. Number one, when in doubt, cast it out. Simple. <laughs> If you don't know where this came, what happened to this, throw the whole thing out. Either throw the whole thing out or cancel the dedication. You like the thing, it's nice, I want to keep it. (laughs) Okay, you want to keep it, but at least cancel any dedications. This thing, if any dedication was made, because I don't know. Somebody gave it to me, I don't know. I want to be safe. So, If there was any dedication made on this object at any time, in the name of Jesus, I'm canceling all those dedications. You have the authority to do it. So, if in doubt, either throw it out or cast it out. One of the two. If you don't want to cast it out, then please throw it out. If you don't want to throw it out, then please cast it out. (laughs) Okay? You have to... Because... You bring that thing in and then all kinds of things are happening in your home. You're wondering like, what happened? Every time I went to that home, something happened. Because something came with you from that place. They gave you an object that was consecrated to the wrong spirits. And that object gives access to those spirits. God warned his people. Amen? So, you've got to do something about it. And you've been given authority to do this. I'm going to lead us in a prayer and I want you to take this seriously because your dedication of every area of your life either opens it up to God or opens it up to the enemy. The good news is we can drive out every evil spirit that may have gained access to any part of our world and shut the door and just bring everything under dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can also take authority over other areas of our lives, our finances, our jobs, our careers, our professions, every realm of your world. You take authority and say, I'm bringing this in subjection to Jesus. Sometimes we knowingly, sometimes we unknowingly open doors. Because our dedications, our words, our actions, our sacrifices, that's why you don't give money to the wrong things. We give your money to the right things. Because it's a sacrifice. It's a part of you that you're dedicating when you give your money. That you just, the sacrifice we make, the dedications we make, the rituals we follow in our lives, the disciplines we maintain, all of these open our life either to the realm of the Spirit, of God, or sometimes give unnecessary access to wicked spirits, to spirits of wickedness. And as believers, we've been given authority to tell the devil to get out. 
shut the door. Say, my life, my world is consecrated to God. It's a demon-free zone. There is no devil, no access to any devil in my world. So I'm going to lead us in a declaration this morning. And I want you to repeat it after me. But do it meaningfully. Do it for, you, for your own self. And let's expect the mighty Holy Spirit of God to come. And just set people free. Jesus said, if I by the Spirit cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God has come to you. So Spirit of God, we just welcome you. We invite you now to do mighty work in our hearts, our lives, our spirit, soul, body, in our circumstances, in our situations, our homes, our families, our occupations, our careers, our present, our future, every part of our life. Holy Spirit, come. Come and do a mighty work, Lord. Do a mighty work. Let's just say this together. I declare, I declare in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus that my spirit, spirit my, soul, my soul, my body, my body belong, to Jesus. belong to Jesus. Every part of me, Every part of me has been bought, has been bought by, the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. And it is consecrated, it's consecrated unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. In Jesus, name, in Jesus name I take authority, I take authority over, every evil spirit over every evil spirit that may have gained access, may have gained access into, my life, into my life into my world, into my world. In, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus I renounce, I renounce every, evil deed every evil deed that may have opened the door, that may have opened the door. I renounce, I renounce every sin that may have opened the door and today in Jesus name I tell you devil get out of my life get out of my world get out of my finances get out of my work life get out of my home in the name of Jesus I shut every door to the enemy in the name of Jesus, I take authority. If any dedication was made of my life to any evil spirit by any of my ancestors, in the name of Jesus, I cancel those dedications today. I declare I'm fully dedicated. To Jesus Christ. I belong to him. He is my Lord. He is my master. Everything in my life. Will glorify Jesus. I declare this. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. 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 Lord God we bless you. We honor you. We praise you. Lord, every yoke be broken. Every burden be removed. Every area of life be regained to the Lordship of Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your rule be established, God, in our spirit, soul, body, in our finances, in every area of our lives, in our family, in our homes, in our jobs, in our careers. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom be established. Your rule, your reign, your Lordship, your dominion be established in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your rule, your reign be established over our bodies. Let sicknesses and diseases be healed in the name of Jesus. Let every demon of affliction leave in Jesus' name. I curse every devil of sickness and disease. I command it to leave. I command sickness and disease to go and bodies to be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord God, I ask that depressions and emotional trauma and pain be removed and 
let your healing flow because you are Lord. Because you are Lord. Let addictions and uncontrollable sins and lusts be totally gone. Let every demon be gone in Jesus' name. Those doors are closed. Those areas are regained unto Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise, Father. We give you praise, O God. We thank you. We bless you. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Is anyone here, you've never been born again. You never received Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. You know, you either belong to God or you don't. You belong to Him, belong to the kingdom of darkness. God's a good God, the devil's a bad devil. It's very simple. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer and say, God, I want to give my life to you. I want to belong to you. Never been born again. If you'll pray this prayer with me, invite Jesus into your heart. He'll make you a child of God. Yeah, let's just pray. If there's anybody who needs, wants to do this, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say this to me, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. I believe you died for me on the cross. That you rose up again. And that you're alive today. Lord Jesus, help me to follow you for the rest of my life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's close. Father, we just thank you for this time, this time in your presence. Thank you for what you've done in each of our lives. Thank you. We give you thanks. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Though darkness cover the earth and deep darkness the people, yet the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you in Jesus name Amen We trust that this message was a blessing to you We'd love to hear from you You can email us at contact at apcwo.org Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources Thank you for listening and God bless you